DEI budgets are under attack, but the goals haven't changed. Whether you're looking to increase your DEI knowledge, expand your market reach, or gain a competitive advantage in business, we have the solution. TDM Library is your single source for expert curated DEI resources, strategies, and solutions, all designed to help you transform your workplace culture and be a more effective contributor. For $9.99 per month, you get access to our searchable subscription-based digital library. There, you'll find articles, practical how-to guidebooks, podcasts, award-winning micro-videos, and more than 700 Q&As designed to help DEI practitioners, thought leaders, and executives create a more inclusive workplace. Whether you prefer to listen, watch, or read, we have the resources for you. TDM Library goes beyond the basics to dive deep into topics such as inclusive language, the business case for DEI, talent acquisition, and C-suite engagement. For less than the price of a sandwich, you get access to our library of more than a thousand pieces of original expert curated DEI content. Join today and get your first 30 days free. Get your library card now at tdmlibrary.thediversitymovement.com. You can't stop me, nothing's gonna stand in my way. You're listening to the High Octane Leadership Podcast with Donald Thompson. The world is shifting around you. None of us were trained for this changing environment. You need high octane leadership in an empathetic world before your business is swallowed alive. This podcast focuses on actionable, hands-on tools you can use to become a high octane leader today and grow strong leaders throughout your organization to survive tomorrow. Join me along with global C-suite leaders, rising stars, ambitious entrepreneurs, and other leaders from across industries as we dissect, interrogate, and redefine high-octane leadership in an empathetic world. This podcast is your home for uncovering the tools, lessons, and strategies you need to push your leadership to the next level. Welcome to High Octane Leadership. I'm Bob Batchelor. This week, Don and I tackle a really important subject. It's how a leader can be both empathetic and results-driven in this high-octane world. The topic today is really at the heart and soul of the High Octane Leadership Podcast. So Don is super excited to bring you this information. We're really hopeful that you'll learn from this episode. So here we go. We're gonna talk about this as high-octane leadership and often, the real point, which you and I talk about so much, is going to be left off in an empathetic world. That's right. We know that this balance, it's a balance. Everybody's going to say, oh, the high octane. Have you heard the high octane leadership? Blah, blah, blah. But it's that second point. That's right. So what I imagine, and I just finished reading the uh, McKinsey CEO book. And I know from reading that book, I know my own experiences with C-suite, it's results. And I'm sure you've heard this countless times. So how do you balance in an empathetic world with still wanting results? It's a good question. It's super difficult. But I will say it like this, right? Like, let's use a sports analogy of a sports background. <laughs> I'll tell a quick story. So I had a 
gentleman, his name is Jason, and a tech company I worked with. He came to me after a team meeting. We had a uh, town hall meeting. He said, Don, love working here. Love working for you. Love the business that we're building together. I feel like I'm a key part of it. If you use one more sports analogy that I don't understand, I'm going to have to quit. (laughs) (laughs) He said, you need to step your game up. You need to read some books. He's like, we're in the gaming, right? We do everything. He gave me like three or four different examples. He said, if I hear one more football analogy, man, I'm gonna have to quit on Frisbee. <laughs> I said, Jason, thank you. I was like, damn, that was hard. <laughs> but it was great feedback. High octane leadership in an empathetic world aligns with that feedback. He shared with me that a message that I was trying to give wasn't landing. Because I was giving that message from my point of view as an ex-athlete, son of a football coach. That wasn't his point of view. Now, whether that's a disconnect from a sports analogy, is that a disconnect generationally? Is that a disconnect because Gen Zers are the first digital first generation? We have to lead differently. But what a lot of leaders in the C-suite are scared of, and it's untrue, is that we have to change the results we expect. It's not true. We have to change the way we communicate how to get those results. And we don't want to generalize too much, but let's just say societally or in pop culture, empathy equals soft. Correct. Empathy equals weakness. Right. That's your military mindset. Compassion. Yeah. Like all that fluffy stuff, right? Soft. Soft. And most millennials, Gen Zers, are thinking in that language. Most Gen Xers, most baby boomers, and typically middle-aged white men. I raised myself up in my own bootstraps. Yeah, your own? (laughs) Okay, but like that's a whole different discussion. Yes. (laughs) Right? But that's the mindset. So if I did my own work, why can't you do your own work? If I didn't have somebody to talk to at work that made me feel like I belonged, why don't you have somebody that helps you feel like you belong? It's a selfish mindset based on your perspective and how you grew up in corporate America, in a job, in a nonprofit, whatever. And what you have to think about in today's environment is winning still is amazing, but the ingredients look different, Hmm. talk different. The generational shift of America is different. The browning of America is real. It's a multicultural nation. The disconnect and the political divide is real. So wait a minute. If you're a C-suite leader and you're a Republican, you don't want to hire Democrats? You don't want to sell to Democrats? Well, that sounds radically stupid, doesn't it? That sounds radically stupid. Democrats, independents, people that love Jesus, people that don't believe that there's a God, people that are Hindu, people that are Catholic, people that are atheist, people that are whatever, all drive cars by gas. (laughs) Hashtag all. They all need to wear clothes. All need to wear clothes. All eat food. All eat food. Right? There is a small microcosm of people that do not drive cars. There's outliers to everything. But in general, we all want a nice place to live. We want to educate our kids. We want clothes on our back. We want to listen to music we like. We like certain things that are the same. So therefore, as a business leader to now achieve these goals, you have to think about them differently. It doesn't mean lower the standard. When I'm talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, a lot of people are like, well, 
I don't want quotas. Who said equity <laughs> equaled quotas? You did. Fox News did. I didn't say that. <laughs> I said, if you have somebody that's in a wheelchair and they work at your company, you might need to have a ramp. It's legally required that you do it. And it's also just makes good sense because if that person can wheel themselves up that ramp, but they're great with computers, hands, mind, you probably want them decoding, coding, building your software. So by having reasonable accommodations for people with disabilities, reasonable accommodations for working parents, reasonable accommodations for people that are transitioning from the military, reasonable accommodations make you a better employer, make you more competitive in the, in the business environment so you can win more. So since the goal is winning more, you got to adapt. It doesn't matter if you like USC and football. It doesn't matter if you like Pete Carroll as a coach, 71. All I know is he wrote a book with the coolest title ever. The coolest title of a book of all time. I'm going to tell it to you in a minute. The coolest title of all time. The title of the book was called Win Forever. I was like, I'm buying buy that. I need to know how to do that. <laughs> I need to know that. Win Forever. That was the title of the book. My time at USC, win forever. So in order to be an executive that wins forever, you have to be adaptable to new trends. The way the world works now is different than the way it worked when you grew up in corporate America in business as a leader, and it will be different tomorrow. So then the superpower is adaptability and then what things need to remain the same. So when we think about generations, when we think about high-octane leadership, with an empathetic lens. We think about this, and I'll, I'll use the sports context. There's a difference in sports between being hurt and injured. You can play hurt, but you shouldn't play injured. You can pay through pain, but if you have an injury that will cause you to miss even longer term, that can shorten your career. You should stop and get well. But you can play through hurt, pain. But you shouldn't play through injury. Subtle but different. There was a time in sports where no one cared if you had a concussion. Through research, through understanding, through knowing the long-term benefits, I mean detriments, excuse me, there's now concussion protocol in all sports. That's empathy. That's being thoughtful for the long-term health of people that are doing the dangerous thing for our entertainment. That doesn't change the work required to get to a Super Bowl or a WNBA championship or NBA championship or tennis or soccer or whatever, but it says, wait a minute. It's not worth it to dehumanize these individuals. These are not robots. So we have to alter the rules some for the health and safety and well-being of those that are competing for our entertainment and for making money for the enterprise or whatever. And now that all the rules are the same, winning still matters. But that's empathy. Well, now let's take it back to work. If somebody's going through a divorce, it's one of the most traumatic things that somebody can go through. A death of a, a parent, death of a spouse, a death of a child. But a divorce is, man, that is a devastating thing. Unfortunately, I, that, that is some devastating shit. 
So to think that that employee is going to be the same person while they're going through a personal tragedy, it's not true. In our work environment in the past, that's your own stuff. Deal with it on your own time. In today's environment, we want to create an environment where people that are going through major life transitions, having a child, that's a positive thing. But still, it's a high degree of stress on the woman that is carrying the child, a physical toll. I don't understand it, but I, I have four kids. <laughs> I don't exactly. get it. I, get that. No, I remember getting yelled at. Like, you should understand it. I remember part of it. And then, the, but still, the, sleepless nights. The sleepless nights for both parents. The Feeding, stress, yeah. the financial impact. Mm -hmm. So, being more empathetic to have parental leave—that's empathy. Doesn't mean you have to make less money in your business. It just means you have to be thoughtful. That people have some things that are that are traumatic events in the negative. That are life-changing events that are traumatic, even though they're positive. And give people space to work on those things in conjunction with work, which is why I talk about work-life integration. You cannot balance it. You have to have that ebb and flow that works together. And I think that a challenge in our society, a challenge that I think that is something we all can do a little bit better on, is let's just be a little bit more thoughtful, knowing that behind every smile, behind every frown, by everything that you see. There's a bunch of challenges that you don't see that people are working through. As leaders, we have to be protectors, but we have to do it right way, in an authentic way, because people bring their fears, anxiety, and concerns to work. So our goal is to work with them through those so that they have a good place to work, career, different things, paid well, fairly and that we have productive workforce so that we can meet the goals of corporation. Politics, in my opinion, is much more manipulative. Mm -hmm. But I think business is starting, the pendulum is starting to be more square between the employer and the employee. It's out of balance in some levels always. But to your point earlier when we were talking, it was way out of balance in favor of the corporation for so many years. The pendulum has shifted a little bit to the employee. It'll shift back but I don't think it'll ever get so out of balance again. So I think the good thing in all this change is we have a little bit more ebb and flow and appreciation of the value between the employer and the employee. And if we are just a little bit more thoughtful of the needs of both, I think we can continue to grow high octane leadership with an empathetic lens without the mindset of changing or lowering standards. I think we can do it. We got to work at it, but I think and I, and I think when the, when the empathetic leadership is authentic. Let's take a quick break. As a black professional, I faced many challenges inherent to contemporary America. I had to fight to secure my place and fulfill my dreams. Underestimated, a CEO's unlikely path to success is my story. Whether you are a young person of color, a rising leader in your organization, or someone who may feel a little bit lost, there is a path forward that is built on grit, determination, perseverance, and drive. I've dedicated my career to developing my leadership skills and then coaching others towards success. In Underestimated, you can follow my unique path, uncovering business and life lessons that can help anyone realize their dreams. You can order Underestimated wherever books are sold and find more information at donaldthompson.com. Now, back to the show.
versus, you know, having a fair and just parental leave policy. That's real world. What's not real world is X company only having black people now in their advertisements on TV. Like only, you know, it's like you white people, no black people you know, all black people yeah. in the commercials. <laughs> Which is so performative. And so when I think of, you know, the high octane leadership, don't, don't just show it in your ads. I mean, every college campus on America, the brochure for the college, there's a one Asian, one white girl, a black guy, you know, <laughs> a person that's, that's got some other challenges or something. And, and you know, when you walk on campus, it ain't like that. Here's the, here's the thing I'll say, Bob. And I am defending the people that are doing goofy stuff. They don't know no better. <laughs> Right? They try it. True. So if somebody's trying to move forward, all right, here's an example. I, I was driving with a friend about this was years ago, right? <laughs> I'm driving and we're driving, and the guy I'm driving was an avid jogger and see somebody like power walking, like walking fast. It's like, what a waste of time. <laughs> and we were driving, he was like, that's so worthless. Right. Walking like that's just and he was just run off at the mouth. Right. And I was like, hey, man, what if that person's coming off of ACL surgery or something? What if that's the best they can do? Yeah. They're moving. So I'm going to give them credit for moving. So the person that has the ad that's still kind of ridiculous, that's still not quite right. The company that puts out the statement and they don't. I get it. I work in changing it. I have a business, diversity, equity, inclusion. Pay me. I'll help you. Right? You know what I mean? I'm not a nonprofit. Don't pay, pay me. Pay me too. I'll help you, know you what too. I mean? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> but I do give people credit for their movement in that right direction because nobody's really educated us on authentic marketing, right, with a DEI lens. Where they teach that at. That's our next spin out, by the way. Exactly right. Diversity movement. Yeah, right. DEI with a marketing lens. Where are they teaching that? Were they They're teaching not. that with people that have lived that? Nowhere. So people are doing the best they can. And what I would say is when people are moving in a direction, it's almost like this. If I say something that is not inclusive language, so if simple one is instead of you guys, inclusive language, you say everyone. If someone has pronouns, my pronouns are he, him, and somebody's pronouns are they, them, but they present right? As she hurt, they, they look like what historically would be a woman. They look like a woman. And I say she, and that person goes, my pronouns are they, them. I don't know what your problem is. You're not understanding inclusive. Like, oh, time out. That's a lot of aggression when I'm trying to learn something new. That's like if your kids are riding a bike and they fall down and you're like, man, I'm throwing the bike away. <laughs> throwing the bike away. And the kid's like, what do you mean? I just fell one time. I'm like, yeah, you're not good at this. So no bike riding for you ever. Right? And you just take the bike and throw it in the trash. It's an overreaction, right, to someone that's trying to do, to do better. When the reality is we're all going to fall down when we're riding a bike. We're all going to look a little bit goofy while we're trying to get our balance. But again, Bob, what I would say is, I like for people that are trying to do something different and better. And as long as they're not at the same place as they were this year, next year, and they keep growing, I'm cheering for people that are doing it wrong and look like they're riding a bike for the first time. 
And that's what a lot of people are doing with DEIs. They look like they're riding a bike for the first time. I'm not going to be the one that's yelling at them. You should have learned how to ride this bike 10 years ago. Or yep. somebody's learning how to swim or something like that. Yep. Or, or a new dance step. Think about how ridiculous you look. I look. I'll use me as an example. <laughs> right? Learning a new dance step for the first time. It looks ridiculous. You don't do it in public. Right. Like, you know what I mean? The first time with a new dance move, not for public consumption. But I try to give a little bit of grace, a little bit of space, a little bit of compassion for people that don't know where to step, but they're trying. People that are just doing it just for the money, just for the checkbox. That's super obvious. That's another discussion. But people that are trying to work at it, but just don't know the dance steps. I may giggle a little, little bit still. I don't want to hypocrite anybody. <laughs> like, that was a terrible ad. <laughs> they need to get their money back. <laughs> exactly. Any other questions? Nope, that's it. Yo, man, this was super fun. The thing I'll say about Bob Batchelor, just as a partner, a colleague, a friend, is we've known each other a year and a half, but I felt like we've known each other for 20 years. And that that's the highest compliment that I would get. Like, that I feel like we've known each other for a, a lot of years. And I think a part of that is even though we look different, we have some experiences that are similar enough. Yep. Right? They're similar enough that we respect each other's journey. Yeah. And when you read underestimated, you won't know those things, but but I can point them out. So just drop me an email and I'll tell you. Don and I, uh, just to tell you, have have certainly walked the same security guard beats in many places. And that is a humbling experience, my friends. You want to be a security guard. God love them. They're important. But that's a rough gig. Yeah, that that was not my life journey. No. That was part no. of my education and humbling. Yes. And and you and and I feel the same way. You and I, we we have walked many similar grounds and, and we're trying to be better and do better. I'll let that be the last word. Be better and do better. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of High Octane Leadership. To find out more about Don or me, Bob Batchelor, connect with us on LinkedIn. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. We'd love to get your thoughts. To read about Don's new book, Underestimated, A CEO's Unlikely Path to Success, go to thediversitymovement.com forward slash underestimated. And if you'd like to turn your organization into a high-performing, real-world, results-driven operation, then check out The Diversity Movement for cutting-edge content, tools, and more. Thanks for being here. We really enjoyed the show. We'll see you soon.